Devils escape the Blue Jackets by the skin of their teeth, beating them in overtime. Luke Hughes and Timo Meyer came up clutch. However, that was not the Devils' best performance, and I'm sure they know they could do better. I have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Also have a lot of sound bites to share. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play by play announcer. Dells are for pucks and pitchforks and also part-time credential me a member, Trey Matthews, back from the Prudential Center, and the New Jersey Devils picked up two big points against the Columbus Blue Jackets, beating them in overtime by a score of 4-3. to three. Now, here's the thing. I know the Devils walked away with a victory, but I know in their heart of hearts that was not their best performance. No chance, no way, no how. They could have performed a lot better against this Blue Jackets team that's dead last in the Metropolitan Division. So in the first segment of today's episode, I will share some of my main takeaways from the game. And then in the second segment, like I do with every post-game recap victory, I will share some players that caught my eye. So some honorable mentions and then my personal three stars of the game. And then in the third and final segment to round it all off, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. And I have a bunch of sound bites to share with you guys, courtesy of Timo Meyer, Luke Hughes, Dawson Mercer, and of course, head coach Lindy Ruff. So let's talk about something that happened actually prior to puck drop. And that was the announcement that Nico Dawes was called up from Utica and he would be the backup to Vitek Vancek in this particular matchup with Akira Schmidt being a healthy scratch. Now, like I've been telling you guys the past couple episodes, the roster stays frozen until midnight hits on December 28th. So keep in mind, I am recording this episode prior to midnight. So when this episode goes live, something might have already happened. Maybe Nico Dawes is sent back down. But if I had to make an educated guess, and based on uh, some of the rumblings I was hearing around the Prudential Center, I think Akira Schmidt might be the odd man out, and he might be packing his bags to Utica. Now, I talked about this in my prior episode, which was I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Akira because I think one of the things that really helped was his, with his development last year was Mackenzie Blackwood uh, returning from injury and Akira going back down to Utica because one of the things that I think is very evident is that Kevin Deneen he holds his younger players to a much longer leash, which helps someone like Alexander Holtz, who's thriving right now and maybe needs a bigger role with the Devils, but that's a discussion for another time. But Akira has been struggling this year. He hasn't been sharp since round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the New York Rangers, and he was definitely the hero for the Devils. But it's been hard for him to get back to that consistent drive. And I think him going back to Utica just to marinate in the AHL just a tad bit longer. I think that's really going to help with his development. So I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing if that does end up happening. And it's just temporary for the most part. We'll see what happens. Nico Dawes, 
He was the Devils' best goalie a couple years ago by default, nonetheless. But still, he held his own in between the pipes. But I'm excited to see what can happen with Nico Dawes. He was definitely a highly touted goalie. Unfortunately, he was dealing with injury at the beginning of the year because he was recovering from hip surgery. So I think he was bound to be given his chance at the NHL level. And now Akira gets to marinate in the AHL just a little bit longer, work on some of his mistakes so that way he can repair it at the NHL level. So this type of circumstance, if this does actually come into fruition, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Akira. I think it's really going to help with his development so that way Akira could get back to what he was, especially in round one against New York Rangers just this past playoff series. So let's talk about this game for the Devils because I just said moments ago, that was not the Devils' best performance and I wrote down some of my concerns. So concern number one, this game was the 24th time this season in which the Devils gave up the first goal of the game. That cannot continue to happen. So basically the Devils are playing catch up uh, when, but when the game just gets started, that's a problem that they need to fix. And Lindy Ruff even said post game that he's tired of these comeback victories and he does need to make some adjustments because the Devils cannot just keep relying on the resiliency to try to amount a comeback and come away with the win. Because come the playoff time, if you let up the first goal of the game, it could be a snowball effect. So it's nice that the Devils sometimes can weather the storm and and come back in a game that is impressive, but they cannot keep relying on it. That's a problem. 24 times this season in which the Devils give up the first goal of the game. Think about that. Something else I want to talk about is that the Devils need to get better at handling the puck in their defensive end because that's what resulted in Justin Danforth uh, recapturing the lead for the Blue Jackets and getting them a 2-1 to lead thanks to the setup by Juracek. So my thing is, prior to that goal, here's what I noticed. I noticed that the Devils were t- turning the puck over in their defensive end. They had bad passing attempts, and they had horrendous clear attempts. That cannot continue to happen either, especially against this Blue Jackets team. So that's what I noticed from the press box, which is when you have bad passing attempts, when you have horrendous clear attempts, when you're turning the puck over in your defensive end, you're creating more opportunities for your opposition to just maintain the pressure in their offensive end and try to pepper your goalie and fatigue them. And that's what happened on that second goal from the Blue Jackets. And I'm sure if you were watching the MSG broadcast, I I am more than confident that Bryce Salvador brought it up on one of the intermission reports. Now, I had the chance to ask Luke Hughes and also Lindy Ruff about the necessary adjustments that the Devils need to work on to make sure that they can try to improve on uh, just playing better in their defensive end. Here were their responses to the matter. I'll play Luke's soundbite first, followed by Lindy Ruff. From a defensive standpoint, what do you guys need to work on in terms of clearing the puck, uh, uh, limiting the turnovers in the defensive end in order to play more efficiently? Yeah, probably just limiting the turnovers um, a bit. Um, you know, make a play when the play's there, and, you know, when it's not, get it in behind them and, and get to work. So, uh, you know, that's probably just one area we need to work on a bit. But, um, like I said, it's a really resilient win for our team, and, um, you know, we just got to keep it going and keep stacking games together. Uh, what do you guys need to work on to cut down on the defensive end turnovers and clear the puck more efficiently? Well, some of it is, you know, getting back, 
getting back quicker. Um, communication is a big part when we're turning pucks over. Uh, sometimes it's it's trusting where your teammate's going to be because you, do, you don't have a chance to look when you're going back to the defenseman. Um, so it's making the right read usually. Uh, if you make a poor read, uh, you know, sometimes that can turn into a turnover. Something else that really ticks me is that why does it take the devil so long for them to answer on back? Because what I noticed in this game is that uh, prior to them scoring an OT, the Devils never led in regulation. So Jake Bean gets the first goal of the game to make it a one to nothing uh, affair. And it was thanks to poor rebound control by Vitek Vancek. But then Andre Palat, a few moments later, he's able to score to tie it one to one. Okay. Dan Forth makes it a two to one game in period two. And then it took a while, but Dawson Mercer was able to answer on back to make it two to two. Then Jonas Siegethaler, th this is going to give me nightmares. He had a god-awful turnover that resulted in Chinikov scoring to give the Blue Jackets a lead once again. And then Luke Hughes came up clutch to tie it 3-3. to Do you see a pattern here? Why do the Devils need to be down in order for them to score? Why couldn't they have led at any point during regulation? Maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit, but that's just something that I've noticed from my perspective in this game, which is why do the Devils need that sort of fire lit under them in order to try to uh, to score and muster up a comeback? Like, why can't they just dominate from start to finish and just leisurely walk themselves to a victory? So that's, especially against this Blue Jackets team, with all due respect. So that's something that was kind of like irking me throughout the course of this game, which is it doesn't seem like the Devils created better scoring chances for themselves until they were down in the count. And this is something that I was talking with Jim Beringer of full press hockey, who was also up in the press box. And we both agreed on the matter, which is it doesn't make sense as to why in this particular game, in order for the devils to like get the kick in the rear, they needed to be down. Well, to each their own, they're the comeback kids. But like I said, moments ago, Lindy Ruff himself is getting tired of these comeback victories. And when looking at the metropolitan division, it is imperative that the devils continue to rack up the points because the Metro, if I've said once, I've said it a thousand times, it is really tight. So the Rangers are leading with 49 points, followed by the Islanders with 41. And by the way, the Islanders absolutely got thrashed by the Penguins by a score of seven to nothing. That was like flabbergasting to me. And then the Flyers, they have 40 points. They're currently on a two-game losing streak. Hurricanes won their more recent matchup. They have 40 points. Capitals have 39. Devils have 38. And then the Penguins have 36. And once again, the only team that has some separation in the Metro is the Blue Jackets, but they are dead last. So normally I don't really listen to the naysayers. I don't listen to the nitpickers. I don't listen to the people that are always so pessimistic, no matter what the outcome is for the Devils, because I'm just like, look, a win is a win and two points is two points. But in this case, if you are one of those people that meticulously critiques the Devils under any circumstance, then I agree with you in this case. This was not a good performance from New Jersey, and they should be lucky that they walked away with two points. So once again, thank God Luke Hughes was able to tie this game late in period three after that Jonas Siegenthaler turnover that resulted in Chinikov scoring. So thank goodness that the Devils were able to get it into OT 
but they should be lucky that they walked away with two points because they almost fell into another trap game. So we're going to talk about some players that caught my eye in this matchup with some honorable mentions and three stars of the game. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel because I want you guys to make some extra money on the devil. So as weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, so like I do with every post-game recap victory, let's look at some honorable mentions and then my personal three stars of the game. So honorable mention number one, and this is actually a player that now plays on the Blue Jackets, and it is former Devil Damon Searson. So during the first period, the Devils played a very touching video tribute to Damon Severson. And the reason I want to give Severson his props is because I was seeing some stuff uh, linger its way around social media saying that they were going to boo Damon Severson because he was mediocre. He was this, he was that. I just want to say, if you boo Damon Severson, and I mean this in the most respectable way I possibly can because I don't want to go after anyone in the devil's discourse, but shame on you if you boo Damon Severson. Severson is the consummate professional, and he was one of the devil's alternate captains during his tenure with New Jersey. He's always great in the locker room. And you know what? He sacrificed a major role in order to help the Devils win last season. He was a bottom four defenseman and his scoring numbers went down, but the advanced analytics showed that he was still making an impact defensively. And if you need some proof, look at this season. Look at how inconsistent the Devils defense has been. And a lot of that has to do with Damon Severson and Ryan Graves no longer being on the roster. So their impact is greatly missed. And right now the Devils are trying to replace it with Shimon Nemetz and Luke Hughes. So it's going to be a process and they're heading in the right direction. But do not underestimate the impact that veteran players like Damon Severson had on this roster. So if you boo Damon Severson, once again, I mean this respectfully. I'm not trying to start a war with anyone but shame on you because Severson, yes, he was a bonehead at times. Yes, he made a lot of mistakes, but you know what? He was our bonehead, and I think a lot of people still have a soft spot in their heart for Damon Severson. So if I was a fan in attendance, I would not be booing Damon Severson. I would be giving him a standing ovation, and I'm glad that a lot of people at the Prudential Center had some sense to do that. just that because he deserved it in my opinion. Now, Let's shift over from the Blue Jackets to the Devils. Another honorable mention I want to give is Andre Palat because he got a high sticking, which ironically was on Damon Severson, but uh, he had to go to the box and serve some time. So two minutes and the Devils had another successful PK, which is something I will talk about in the third and final segment. But as soon as Palat got out of the box, he scored moments later. He located the puck nicely and he came flying on in. Once again, I think Andre Palat and his redemptive tour, I think it's still in full swing. It's going strong because I said before the start of the year that I had big expectations for Andre Palat to basically be a comeback player for the Devils. And getting that goal 
was definitely big for him. So uh, that's how you redeem yourself. You get a penalty, but then you redeem yourself by tying up the game in period one. So kudos to Andre Pilat. And now the uh, third honorable mention I want to give is Shimon Nemetz because Shimon Nemetz walked away with an assist because he set up Dawson Mercer on a beautiful one-time shot and it was poetry in motion. So uh, Shimon Nemetz, he just had a great vision, a great laser pass to Mercer and Mercer teed it off on the one-time and was able to score. And Mercer is actually one of my uh, three stars of the game. And I have a soundbite to share with you guys, courtesy of Mercer himself. So we'll talk about that momentarily. But wanted to give a shout out to Shimon the Mets because that was a pretty pass. Now, my third star is Dawson Mercer because Mercer, the last few games, he has been point hunting and he's been coming out victorious in his quest because he scored in this game and he got the secondary assist on Andre Pilat's goal. So it was a multi-point performance from Mercer. And quite honestly, this is something that he needed because I told you guys in my previous post-game recap episode that I felt like Mercer was robbed of a couple points in the previous matchup prior to the Christmas break against the Detroit Red Wings because instead of giving him the primary or secondary assists on both of Timo Meyer's goals, they decided to, the NHL decided to say that Meyer's goals were unassisted. So instead of Mercer walking away with one or two assists, he walked away with absolutely nothing. But I wanted to just basically put into the light once again that Mercer's impact was definitely felt in that matchup against the Red Wings. And this time against the Blue Jackets, he had an impact and he had the game time goal that was really a momentum shift for the Devils because after so many good looks and opportunities and the team getting stoned, Dawson Mercer finally snapped one past Elvis Merz-Lincolns. And I knew that was bound to happen because the Devils were creating good looks for himself. So Mercer now has two goals in his last three games. And once again, he walked away with a multi-point performance. Now, I had the chance to ask Mercer about his offensive impact and how he's been getting a decent amount of points the last few games and how it's been a big impact for the Devils. Here's what he had to share with me post-game. You've been racking up a lot of points the last few games. What's been clicking for you offensively? Um, you know, just keeping it simple, working hard. Um, good things happen when you go to that put pucks there. Um, and, you know, playing with Mikey and Timo, all of us just been talking, having that mindset of playing simple, putting pucks there, and, uh, you know, just being there to support each other. So I think we've done a great job of that here the last few games. My second star has to go to Luke Hughes because similar to Mercer, he also had a game-tying goal because if you guys know, uh, Mercer tied it to a pop and then uh, Chinikov, he, he regained the lead for the Blue Jackets and the Devils were in need of some sort of miracle. So uh, uh, Vitek Vanacek is pulled from net so that way the Devils can get the extra attacker. And then Luke Hughes, he took the puck coast to coast. He put it on his shoulders to tie the game. And at first I was like, is that Jack Hughes? No, no, that's Scott Niedermeyer. Well, Luke Hughes, a defenseman slicing and dicing through the, the defense and going coast to coast and scoring on Elvis, that was just pretty from Hughes. Now, the thing is, like, we shouldn't really be surprised by that because Hughes always joins in on the rush. That was a scouting report when the Devils first drafted him. He's an offensive-minded defenseman. He can rack up the points, and he can make a great impact offensively. People have a lot of expectations for Hughes. They think that he might go down as one of the greatest offensive defensemen to uh, put on a devil sweater. And 
He does have some competition with his current teammate in Dougie Hamilton and also Scott Niedermeyer, who's obviously a multi-cup champion and is in the Hall of Fame. And Devils fans and Ducks fans definitely know how good of a player Niedermeyer is. So that is high praise when you see Luke Hughes just go taking the puck coast to coast and then people saying that that was sort of like what Scott Niedermeyer used to do. That is high praise for Luke Hughes. And he's heading in the right direction for his career. But that was just pretty. It, it looked like he took a play out of his uh, brother's playbook. And that was just uh, really cool to witness. And the fact that Luke Hughes took it upon his shoulders to tie the game. Now, I asked Luke Hughes post game, like speaking of his brother, did his brother give him any pointers about how to slice and dice through the defense? Because that was very Jack Hughes-esque like, because we were so accustomed to seeing Jack do it and now his brother do it. And now you just got to say like, wait a minute, there's two of them. So uh, here's what Luke had to tell me post game. It was, it was a silly question, but just wanted to hear his response. That was a really nice goal you had. I'm just curious to know, has your brother given you any pointers uh, in terms of scoring or something like that? Uh, no, I think, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I think, you know, he gives me pointers, both of them do. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think probably some things I want to keep in the house, but, um, you know, he's a great support system for me, both of them are and my parents. And, um, it was good, good to get home for Christmas break. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, like brother, like brother, Luke Hughes, not really the best with the media, but I, I will admit I did kind of put him on the spot. And now my first star for back-to-back post-game recaps, it goes to Timo time, Timo Meyer for getting the game winning goal In overtime, similar to Luke Hughes, he had a lane to the net and he scored it. Basically, overtime comes. I was confident in the Devils. They've been a very good overtime unit this season. And I thought it was going to be the Jack Hughes show because he's been struggling a bit five on five, but three on three in OT and also on the power play. Jack tends to uh, make his name a little bit more known these last few games. But digressing a little bit, it wasn't Jack Hughes. It was Timo Meyer. So, Timo Meyer goes on a wide open breakaway, just him and Elvis, and just one person to beat. That's the netminder, Elvis Mers Lincolns. And uh, I was just like, Timo, take us home, take us home, take us home. And he scored it back of the net. Everyone went home happy campers. And that is his fourth goal in the last three games. So I think it's safe to say that Timo Meyer has made a full recovery. From his injury. And I had the chance to ask him post game about like how he's been getting his groove back since returning from injury. And he also addressed some more questions regarding the team and how they carry this momentum going forward. Here's what he had to share. If we if we work and like you said, be patient, but if we put the work in, that skill is going to take over and uh, that's it's going to make the difference. But we got to be disciplined and also play play simple games. And uh, I thought, you know, tonight for most most of the time, we didn't do a great job. But then, uh, yeah, huge get two points. Speaking of skill, how do you how do you get um, your emotions when you see what Luke did tonight and that rush? <laughs> I mean, just you just smile. Uh, I saw it close up, so I saw. How good it was, but uh, yeah, unbelievable. And like I said, there's a lot of skill in this team. If we can play more discipline and within our structure, that skill is gonna show a lot in the right times, like it did today. Does Dawson's goal kind of light the fire when you're thinking, okay, we, we, we got this now? 
Well, huge, huge goal. Um, that just kind of shows, you know, what kind of player he is to come up at this big moment and, and score a goal like that. It's it's huge, and we have a lot of these guys, so we got to make sure um, we don't put ourselves in tough situations um, like we did. I think we could have done a better job earlier, but then when you put yourself in that spot, in that spot, you got to be able to dig yourself out, and we did that tonight. Timo, what type of mental skill do you need to have in the final five minutes like that, where the score just <coughs> keeps changing you know, every minute, minute and a half? Yeah, I think you can't get too high and too low. You can stay in, stay in the moment, and um, if you know you have some time to, to get another one, um, you know, tough bounce there. The goal they scored, and then we knew, uh, you know, for also guys that have that tough bounce, we got to get out there and, and make everything possible to, to get another goal. You've been you've been scoring a lot of goals the past few games. Is it safe to say that you're starting to find your groove once again ever since the injury? Yeah, I think uh, it's always nice when you can score, and it definitely gives you confidence. But I think uh, everything else you got to do as well, and. You know, the goals are going to come, and uh, if you play the right way, if you play for your team, be the best player you can for your team. So for all those who wanted to throw Timo into the sun, for all those who said that Timo was this, Timo was that, I just said you had to be patient because he was recovering from injury. And I and I loved what I saw from Timo Meyer in this matchup. Now, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. But before we do, let me tell you guys about Game Time. So I love the Game Time app because last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Views from the seats so that way you know what you're going to buy. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. So shots on goal differential, 35 to 29 in favor of the Devils. Now, here's the thing. I was actually talking to Chico Rush in between intermissions and before the start of the third period. He was like that the Devils need to shoot a little bit more because they looked a little timid, especially in one of their uh, later power plays, which I will talk momentarily. But basically, Chico was telling me that the Devils need to outshoot the Blue Jackets in period three and stop being so scared. And they got to stop overpassing the puck because after the first period, the Blue Jackets led in that department nine to eight. And then in the second period, Devils had 10, Blue Jackets had eight. And then in the third period, I think that's where the Devils started to pick it up a little bit more. They had 15 shots on Elvis, whereas the Blue Jackets had 11 on VTech. So Chico Resch knows best and he knows what he's talking about. And he was absolutely right. So shots on goal differential, once again, 35 to 29 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 51.7% to the Devils, 48.3% to the Blue Jackets. Now let's talk about special teams for Devils real fast because their penalty kill was good. Once again, they didn't allow a power play goal. Blue Jackets had three attempts. But on the flip side of this, entering today's matchup, the Devils have dropped a couple spots in terms of power play. They now rank third in the NHL and going 0 for 3 in tonight's matchup it won't help their case now I had the chance to ask Lindy post game 
about how the penalty kill has been really good for Devils last few games. And we kind of had a funny interaction because I kind of said like uh, what I just said now. And he said, knock on wood, but you'll, you'll hear the soundbite momentarily. And I also inquired him about the power play because it has been very slow the last few games. And it seems like the Devils are not really generating anything on the man advantage. And it goes back to what Chico says. Sometimes they look a little timid and sometimes they're overpassing. So here's what Lindy had to share. Uh, the penalty kill hasn't allowed a power play goal the last few games. What's been different in the execution? My bad. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we've we've had, we'll start with key saves. Even if you look at the other night, uh, you know, instead of the puck going in, it hit a post. I uh, had a couple opportunities where they missed the net. Uh, I think our pressure has been better. Um, entries, denying entries. Uh, but I think the biggest difference is getting the puck 200 feet. It's, it's been going down the ice and we've had the opportunity and we haven't turned pucks over that has allowed them to keep us in the zone for extended periods of time. Last one for me. Uh, what needs to change on the power play? You know, I think it, it, it's running cold right now. I think it's time to probably change some personnel around. You know, you always get a point to, to that. So... We'll look at a couple different looks, uh, practice tomorrow, and and we'll try something a little different. I just want to say this. Ever since Dougie Hamilton got injured and was out for an extended period of time, the Devils' power play has struggled. And I told you guys that losing Dougie Hamilton, it is in fact a big loss. Maybe not defensively, but certainly offensively. Because prior to his injury, he had four power play goals and four power play assists which gave him a total of eight points on the power play. Yes, he didn't play on the first power play unit. He played on the second one. But I think it's safe to say that in terms of defensemen, Hamilton has one of the best clappers in the NHL. And that is dearly missed on the power play. So I'm just saying, like, I think Lindy is, is in fact correct that some personnel needs to change. The Devils need to shake up because losing Dougie, in that case, there goes one of your main sources of power play points and you're probably going to lose them for the rest of the season. We'll see what happens. But I'm just saying guys, like Hamilton is a very important player. I get that his defense isn't good, but his offense is phenomenal, especially on the man advantage. So just some food for thought. Now going back to the stats, penalty minutes, six for the devils, six for the blue jackets hits. 25 to 16 in favor of the Blue Jackets. Blocked shots, 23 to 21 in favor of the Blue Jackets. Giveaways, Devils led the department, 7 to 3. Takeaways, 9 to 7 in favor of the Devils. So if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, this goes back to what I said in segment one, which was this was not the Devils' best performance. So I, I in good conscience, cannot give them an A or a B. So I will give them a C. C, a solid C, just because, like, wasn't their best game, wasn't their worst game, but against the worst team in the Metro, I expected a little bit better from the Devils. I expected more of a sense of urgency. Maybe they were a little rusty from the Christmas break because we just saw the Colorado Avalanche. They blew a big lead to the to the Arizona Coyotes, so mullet magic strikes again. But digressing a little bit, I think the Devils definitely came a little rusty. They didn't really come prepared and this is this goes back to what i said like in the last episode 
seems like a lot of the players, they, the main excuse is the team just wasn't ready or they underestimated their competition. So I don't know what it's going to take for them to uh, wake up a little bit more, but at least they walked away with two points. Two points is still two points. So let me know what you guys think. What do you think about Timo Meyer and his surgeons all of a sudden racking up a lot of goals? Same with Dawson Mercer. Where do you think the Devils are going to head moving forward? And this is my final official episode of 2023 because when this episode goes live, I will be making my way to my vacation spot and I'm going to take about a week or two off. So I want to thank you guys for a phenomenal year and let's keep her going. I will leave you with a couple of bonus episodes of sound bites I have collected during the course of December. So hopefully you guys enjoy some of those bonus content, but in terms of an official episode, that's it for 2023. That's a wrap people. So for the final time in 2023, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode, officially in 2024. Glad that I got to cover a Devils win for their final home game in 2023. One hell of a year, guys, and it doesn't happen without your support. Forever grateful. Catch you in the next episode.